It is Monday night. You know what that means. A brand new episode of the Tan and J-Man Show, episode 289. It's May 30th. It's Memorial Day. We want to honor and remember all the soldiers who gave the ultimate sacrifice to, frankly, let us even do this podcast. So uh, right. it has been a warm weekend. How are we doing, J-Man? Doing pretty, pretty, pretty good. As you said, it's warm. Feels like summer. It always feels like Memorial Day is like the first day of summer uh, for, for whatever reason. It, it might be because school's getting out, all that sort of stuff. It's consistently warm. Feeling pretty good right now. You know, summer doesn't even start till like June 21st. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still it, it, officially it spring like, for almost another month. Yeah. Just seems but, like Memorial Day is like the unofficial first day of summer. It kind of feels like Memorial Day to Labor Day, even though summer yeah. goes through I sure, think October sure. or maybe no, maybe late September. Uh, September, I think it's September twenty first around there. Okay, sounds about right. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I don't know. I'll take your word for it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, after Labor Day, football starts. Uh, just kind of feels more fall, even though it can be hot there in September. Yeah, yeah, very hot, but. Uh, uh, you're a guy that likes to like grilled meats, grilled meats. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You a, you a burger guy or steak guy when it comes to Labor, uh, Labor Day? When it comes to Memorial Day, both. Um, Saturday night, my fiance and I grilled out, and I grilled her a steak, and I was just craving some cheeseburgers, so I made myself some cheeseburgers. Then today we went over to my future mother-in-law's house, and I grilled up some big old juicy ribeyes for us. Uh, so I what? I am a uh, partaker of the uh, grilled meats what's everybody what's their preference for how well done they like their steak so i'm a medium rare guy all right Um, medium rare to medium i think if it gets above that it's kind of that just cooks the taste out i would say i'm more medium i used to be medium mm -hmm. rare but i'm more medium but i'm right there which 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 sometimes when you order a medium rare at a restaurant it comes out a little too raw for my uh taste but uh i've i've got it down to a science my future mother-in-law likes some medium well which i think just is not very good if she, if she's watching oh I'm, I'm happy to make you medium well steaks but uh that is not <laughs> my preference uh and then my fiance megan um she she likes a medium which is which okay. is right around where about majority of the people like them i would say yep yep so yeah i did i did not well uh, i had some pulled pork yesterday nice. for lunch but i was gonna say i don't think i didn't have anything grilled mm-hmm. over the weekend Kind of failed in that department. Yeah. You're you're not a big griller to begin with, are you? I'm not. I'm not, and I don't really like to. I've never liked to grill just for myself. So, yeah, that's fair. It it, it is kind of more fun to grill for yourself and other people um, there as well. But uh, when I lived by myself for six years, I would be out there in ten below weather, and I'd be grilling <laughs> some cheeseburgers and broths for myself. So, uh, gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. Yep. Oh, I, I I just lied. I did. Ha- I had a cheeseburger and brought on uh, <laughs> on Saturday for dinner. I just completely forgot. I went mm. to my aunt and uncle's house, and they had a we Ooh, had a cookout. Yeah, yeah. I just completely the bratwurst because I hadn't had a brat for a while. So your your, your uncle is a uh, he's a grill master too. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah it was good stuff. So. But uh, did you have a birdie or bogey question for us this week? We are tied I at, do. I believe, five over par now. We are terrible. Let's we see are not good. Up here on my phone. It's an NBA question, I believe, oh, yeah. if I remember correctly. No, it's an NFL question. It's, oh. it's, a, it's a very straightforward NFL question. Um, what player has the most receiving touchdowns among players on active roster right now in the NFL? Ooh, that's a good what one. What 
player has the most receiving touchdowns among players on active on the active roster in the NFL right now. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, these uh, the four guys I have here listed um, are all obviously really good receivers. Um, so, um, but I yeah. have to name one. There's just you, one. So yep, you have to name the guy who has the most okay. out of those uh, out of those four. So. Uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. It is getting that time. Are they going to do sweet corn this year? Oh, I would imagine so, yeah. And they have some uh, dang good sweet corn, let me tell you. Yep, so get on get online on the website. Uh, get yourself a subscription uh, for their services, and also check out their merch store. I mean, they got hats, beanies, mm-hmm. even though you don't need a beanie till November, December. Uh, beanies, hats, T-shirts, um, all tote bags, I think, all, all types of little things. So nice. get on there, all different colors, different designs. So, yep. Get some merch yes, and sir. some veggies. There you go. What do you want to start with this uh, this beautiful it, Monday it night, com- J-Man? Completely, completely up to you. Well, not a whole lot going on in the sports world. But there is, but there is finals. We got the NBA finals yeah. now. NHL conference finals are almost set. The mm-hmm. Rangers and Hurricanes play game seven tonight. Then we'll know the matchups for the conference finals there. But like we said, the NBA finals are set. Indy 500 was on Sunday. Baseball still going hot and heavy. Um, but let's start with the NBA. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, yeah, um, finals matchup of the Warriors and the yeah. Celtics. The Warriors make the finals for the sixth time in the last eight years. Celtics first time, I think, since '09. Is that when they lost to the Lakers? Yeah, I think they won in '08 and then lost to the Lakers in '09. If I'm not mistaken, or maybe they lost in '10. Maybe they lost in '10 because '09. I think the Lakers beat the Magic. Orlando, you yeah, know, with yeah. Hedo Turkaloo mm-hmm. um, and Dwight Howard, that was a uh, that was a team that uh, was pretty good, but didn't have many superstars whatsoever. Can't forget about Jamar Jameer Nelson. Which, uh, oh yeah, Jameer Nelson. He was a you know what? He was a solid point guard there out of St. Joe's. Um, that was, if you remember, and I know we're getting a little off topic here, but if you remember right, the 09 Eastern Conference Finals, LeBron hit that crazy buzzer beater in game one on the Cavs yeah. to beat the Magic, and then the Cavs kind of just folded in that series. Yeah, yeah um, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, that, that Orlando team, as I said, it was solid, but you don't see teams like that make it to the NBA Finals without a superstar sort of talent. When's the last team that's been to the finals that didn't have a LeBron James or Steph Curry, or I mean, when the Raptors went, they had Kawhi Leonard, who was Suns last year, all everything. Um, Devin Booker, I'd, I'd yeah. call him a superstar. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Um, and, and they had Chris Paul and Aiton and all those guys. But yeah, yeah. Book would be the one guy I would say is their superstar. Um, I mean, Giannis um, from Milwaukee. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that Magic team. I mean, Dwight Howard was really good, but you don't see like a superstar big like that anymore because no. um, you you need wings and guards in order to uh, make a deep run, it seems like, which which is pretty evident in the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, you you It's all about guard play. I mean, you can have a great big guy. I mean, Illinois said Kofi Cobra in the last two years and have got put out in the round of 32 because um, their guard play just wasn't very good during the tournament. So all about guard play and um, – Obviously, Golden State 
has two really good ones, three really good ones now, if you add in Jordan Poole uh, with Steph and Clay and those guys. And then you have uh, Boston, who's – I mean, they're, they they have really good wings in um, um, Jason Tatum and um, – who's who's the guy out of Cal? Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Um, Brown, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, yes. Um, so it's, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. Remember, we talked about this last week, but – I think right around the trade deadline or all-star breaks, the Celtics weren't that good. No. And um, they've just kind of gotten hot, and I didn't know if they'd be able to beat Miami, and they found a way to get it done last night in uh, South Beach, and uh, it's going to be a good matchup. I thought they were going to get it done in game six Friday mm-hmm. night. Um, you know, I watched a good majority of that fourth quarter, and um, the garden there in Boston was just stupid rocking. I mean, that place was bananas. And for the Heat to go in there and force a game seven – I was thinking the Heat were probably going to get it done last night at home. Yeah. But, uh, wasn't meant to be for them. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler went for the win there uh, with about 19 seconds left and he missed. Um, and then obviously uh, Boston salted it away. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting with Jimmy Butler because he had an unbelievable series. He was awesome. Oh, game six was um, ridiculous. Yeah. He, he was crazy good. Um, if he were to have stayed. With the Chicago Bulls, do you think he'd be the second greatest bowl ever? Wow. Oh, man, that's tough because Pippen's, I mean, regarded mm-hmm. as a top 50 all-time NBA player. Right. I wouldn't put Jimmy Butler in a top 50 mm-hmm. all-time NBA player. So maybe I would say third, maybe. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating argument, but though. But it is. It is. Um, Jimmy is more of a scorer than Scotty ever was. Scotty was obviously kind of their point guard, point forward. Uh, both guys were great defensively. Um, but, yeah, I, I saw that on Twitter. Like, man, if Jimmy would have stayed, maybe he could have surpa- surpassed Pippen. It's the second greatest bowl ever. Um, I didn't think Jimmy would be nearly this good, even when he was starting to get really good with the Bulls. Uh, but now he's a perennial all-star. And um, I clearly a, t- a guy that can be the top guy on a team that goes to the NBA Finals or Conference Championship, whatever. So uh, he's, yep. he's turned into a dude. Well, and he's got some help around he him. Does. You know, you look at Western in the Western Conference Finals, Golden State beats Dallas four games to one. Mm. The Mavericks are Luka and nothing else. Right. Really. I mean, they've got to build a little bit, give mm. them a little bit more help, or I don't think they're ever going to get over the hump. And really, it was kind of amazing they got that far right. anyway. Right. Because uh, not many people gave them a shot against Utah in the first round. True. Um, so yeah, and, and I, I think uh, obviously Luke is this superstar 21 year old player. And then I think he's Jaylen 23. Bronson, I, I need he, to make that correction because we both said 21 last week. I heard him in an interview this past week. So he's 23. Huh? Why was I thinking he was still 20? Yeah, I, I was too. So, um, yeah. And then I, I think, um, Jalen Bronson's a legitimate NBA point guard too, but yeah, they need, they definitely need some more for him. I mean, they have. Dorian Finney-Smith, and um, uh, I don't even know who else they really have that could be. I mean, they traded uh, Porzingis away because, really, he wasn't that didn't work out. for him. Yeah, that didn't work out. Um, but at least they knew it wasn't working out and got rid of him mm-hmm. early. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is solid, but he's not a even a second guy on a good team. Um, so I think uh, – they're probably going to try to maybe make a move for like a Damian Lillard or something this offseason because uh, I think trade rumors will be swirling around him and uh, he could be a good fit um, in Dallas. Better fit than a Russell Westbrook, who I see he named like three teams he wants to go to. And all, of course, they're all title contenders. 
Sure. Yeah. Th- this year in LA for Westbrook was an absolute disaster. That was a disaster <laughs> he, for everybody uh, involved. Just yeah. 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 And um, yeah, I don't know why LeBron wanted to be with Westbrook. Um, I mean, that team should have been obviously so much better, and they weren't. And it, it wasn't all Westbrook's fault. No, he, but he, didn't he, help he was himself. kind of the yeah. He was kind of the punching bag for the fan base and ESPN because. ESPN. It's mainly the LeBron and Tom Brady news network anymore. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, it didn't uh, didn't go well for him. And Westbrook's at the stage of his career where he's not this elite athlete anymore, dunking on people. Um, right. And he he still tries to be that kind of guy, and he's nowhere close anymore. Right. Um, speaking of, and I we'll get back to talking about the finals. But speaking of the Lakers, what do you think of the Devin Ham hire? Um, don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's with Milwaukee, right, as an assistant. Yeah, you remember him playing back in the day, like yeah, the yeah, Darvin Ham, yeah, Dar- Darvin, not Devin, Darvin Ham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I, I did remember the name. Um, and I, I remember playing with him on like NBA Live, two thousand three right. or something. Right. Like that. Um, but um, who knows? I mean, they've gone through so many coaches here, and honestly, it's LeBron's team. Yeah. So I. I, I don't know why a coach would want to even take that job. I mean, Frank Vogel was just a puppet for LeBron. Um, who I don't even remember who else they've had there over the past couple of years. Uh, who, who was right before uh, Vogel? Well, wasn't Luke Walton their coach for a little bit? Yeah. Um, Mike Vogel, Brown was their coach at one time. <laughs> was Vogel their coach when they won the championship two years yes. ago? Yes, yes, the bubble. The yes. bubble, yeah, the bubble championship. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know how much. And I'm, I'm sure they have a lot more than what I'm giving them credit for, but how much do NBA head coaches really do? You know, I'm I'm, right. I'm sure they're. it's about building culture and all that, but once you have a superstar player, who knows how good um, Steve Kerr would have been if he would have gone anywhere else to be a head coach. And now he's con- – going to be considered one of the greatest there. He's going to be up there with Phil Jackson and Red Auerbach and those kind of guys. And who who knows um, how good he would have been if he would have gone anywhere else. Same, I mean, you could say the same thing with Phil Jackson. If he didn't have Jordan and then go and coach Kobe and Shaq, who knows how good he would have been. Um, right. It's, it's all about personnel, really. Josh, can you see me on your screen or am I frozen? Um, You are frozen. Okay, I'm going to try to fix that real quick. You are frozen on my screen. I have I have actually not been watching our StreamYard thing. I've been on a Twitter seeing if I can find it. Okay, I will, uh, <laughs> I will. I will uh, try to fix but, this real uh, quick. Yeah. Um, as far as the uh, finals go, as I said, it'd be a fascinating matchup with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown against Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. You have Draymond in there, Jordan Poole. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I I don't really know who will guard who in that scenario because it's it's kind of differing matchups a little bit. Um, of course, Marcus Smart won the um, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, so I assume he'll be on staff. Um, you have, I don't know, who maybe Draymond will guard Jason Tatum. I don't know if he's athletic enough to do that. Um, but uh, I think this has the makings of going to a six or seven game uh, series. I ultimately think Golden State will win it. Um I don't really have a rooting interest in it. Uh, I still, for whatever reason, I mean, we have Golden State fatigue, uh, but I don't necessarily hate them as much as other people do. Um, Boston, though, 
Um, they've won so much over the years, but they haven't done it in a while. I've never hated the Boston Celtics um, like some people do, especially on the East Coast. Uh, but uh, who are you picking to win that game there, T-Dog, or that series? The series? I'm picking yeah. the uh, Warriors in six. I I am probably 100% going to agree with you. I think the Warriors get it done in six. Wouldn't surprise me if it goes seven. Um, last night was finally a good um, <laughs> good NBA playoff game because we've had series that go six or seven games, but none of the games have really been all that close. I mean, Dallas killed the Phoenix Suns in that game seven. Um, Golden State wiped the floor with Dallas there um, in the uh, – Western Conference Finals, and then last night, finally, we had a close game there. Um, so hope, hopefully we get some better games uh, in this NBA Finals. I'm not a – I mean, neither of us are big NBA guys, but uh, once it gets to the Conference Finals and NBA Finals, you start tuning in a little bit more, and uh, they're fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really care who wins. If I had a pick, I guess I'm rooting for Boston just because I kind of still have mm-hmm. Golden State fatigue. I mean, this is their sixth right. finals appearance in eight years. I mean, who wouldn't get tired of that unless you are a fan of that team? But, um, yeah, the playoffs are, are way more entertaining than the NBA regular season, like they should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do have two comments here on Facebook I'm just now seeing, both from uh, Thad Mooney, who's, of course, a friend of the show and a sponsor of or or is one of the sponsors through Mm -hmm. Mooney Woodcrafts on our podcast. He says in January, Boston was below or right around 500. And his other comment was makes an easy paycheck. If you're the coach in parentheses for LeBron. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I did say, speaking of coaches, uh, Ime Udoka for uh, Boston Celtics, their head coach, he is the first rookie coach ever to win multiple game sevens in an NBA playoff. I'm glad you took a stab at that name because I saw it the Pretty other sure day. I'm like, I'm not it. trying to pronounce that because I will butcher that so bad. Ime Udoka. Sounds good to me. I, I, vague, I vaguely remember him as a player as well. He's probably around the same time as Darvin Ham. I do not. Um, Darvin what? Ham. There's an NF. Oh, it's um. Is it Aaron Donald? Or is it Indomitian Sue? I think it might be Indomitian Sue. Um, is really good friends with Ime Udoka somehow. And, like, he's been invited and been, like, courtside for a lot of games. It's some NFL player, and I'm pretty sure it's in Dominican Sue. Interesting. Um, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, any more thoughts on the NBA? Uh, we'll know We'll know come uh, Wednesday of the NCAA players who are either staying in the draft or withdrawing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some big 10 players that could pull out. I know Pete Nance is one of them, but he's already entered the transfer portal um, as well. So I'm not sure what he's going to do. There's rumors he's going to stay in um, because, and, and usually when a guy stays in a team gives them like a guarantee, like, Hey, we're going to draft you or we're going to sign you to an undrafted free agent. Um, I'm sure you can hear my dog in the background going nuts. Can. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, he's, he's a fascinating one. It sounds like uh, Malachi Branham from Ohio State staying in the draft. Good. <laughs> um, which is big, big, big news because he absolutely tore Illinois up last year. Yeah, he 30. tore Purdue up too. Um, and then there's a couple other guys. I couldn't believe um, Jones from Rutgers stayed in the draft. I didn't even John, know he was. I didn't even know I didn't he know was. Jones. <laughs> I mean, some, sometimes guys just graduate and like, oh, I might as well stay in and maybe I'll get a 
overseas deal. Well, let me um, let me fact check myself and make sure his name was Jones. Is it Jarrett Jones? That sounds right, Josh. Um, I mean, Illinois had a player stay in the draft, Austin Hutcherson, who played four games over the past three years because of so many injuries, and he's 24 years old. He was supposed to be like this really good like NBA prospect transferred from a D3 school, and he just did not stay healthy. He, a, he broke his back. He had a stress fracture in his back, and then he had a sports hernia. Uh, then he played like three or four games this year. Their terrible stretch in Kansas City when they lost to Cincinnati um, and didn't play good against Kansas State. And then he's ultimately staying in the draft. Um, Jacob Grandison, though, pulled out of the draft. It'll be interesting to see what he does. He was probably, I would say, the second most valuable player on that roster offensively. I mean, shot 40% from three. Good free throw shooter, smart Great passer, great post feeder. I mean, he got so many uh, so many assists feeding. Uh, Jaden Jones, Jaden right? Jones. There it is, um, feeding Kofi Coburn. That when he sprained his ankle against Penn State, their offense wasn't the same. It was terrible against Indiana. Somehow Illinois was in that game um, against Indiana, the Big Ten tournament. They played maybe their worst game of the year, and then they lost by one. Uh, offense was terrible against Chattanooga. Offense was terrible against Houston. And a lot of that had to do with Jacob Grandison just not being able to play, uh, which really sucked for him. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if he decides to come back to Illinois or puts his name in the transfer portal. Um, minutes could be really hard to come by for him. Now, um, I thought I thought with the portal, the portal's already closed. Correct. So he Unless would need, grad transfers. He would need to – A waiver. Um, get a waiver from the NCAA. Um, and don't the coaches to have to sign off for that too? And coaches do have to sign yeah. off on that, which I assume Underwood would uh, just because he likes Grandison a lot. And he knows his roster now. They've picked up two big-time transfer wings um, and have a couple guys that were freshmen last year they're expected to take a leap. And so I just I don't think Grandison will have nearly the type of minutes he did um, last year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, – Enters the portal, maybe Underwood welcomes him back, um, just knowing that he won't play as much. But, uh, yeah, they uh, yeah they definitely have to get a waiver. You have to enter your name into the portal by, I think it's May 1st, right, in order to be immediately yeah. eligible. Yeah. Um, yeah, because guys can still yeah. do it. Even mm-hmm. if they're not grad transfers, they have to, have to sit out a year. Yeah, they have to um, sit out a year or apply for a waiver. Yep. Um, so, which, But, I mean – Grandison's been in college seven years now. And, <laughs> so. and, and I know we've talked about the NIL and all that at mm-hmm. nauseum, but I, I've been listening to Matt Painter speak a lot more on everything. He goes back to, he thinks the worst thing they did was the one year transfer rule. Yeah. He said they didn't, they weren't prepared for it when they just let, and they let it go or they got it through real quick because they wanted to get ahead of the government, hoping the government would stop pursuing the NIL. Well, yeah. then the States got involved and, Got you know, yeah. got a moving a lot quicker than than than, than was planned. So. Yeah, the transfer portal has added this yeah. insane wrinkle to recruiting yeah. that I don't necessarily like, and I know the coaches don't like. Well, because I mean, in in, in NCA, you know, can't tell a player what to do or anything, but right. we're going to see more and more cases of guys making a decision later on in life they that they wish they can go back and, and yes. redo if that makes sense like well, no no jell eastern is a prime example mm-hmm. for me yeah i i wish i would have favorited this statistic to share tonight because i don't remember the exact specifics 
but there are still like a thousand players that don't have a home yet. Yeah. Um, it's like 38% or, or was, I think it was 52% of freshmen that have transferred have not committed anywhere Yeah, because they're in spots are running out. So they're either just going to have to drop down a level to NAIA or D2, D3, whatever. Um, so either guys get bad advice or they just need to get out of a situation that they don't like, or they're bad about playing time, whatever. But then you put your name in and no one wants you if you're not, if you're not uh, producing. Yeah. And some of these guys are transferring, you know, and then they never end up finishing and getting their degree. Yeah. Um, it, it's too bad. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's, it, it's going to be interesting how everything really unfolds the next mm-hmm. two or three years. Yep. Yep. So, well, let's get to the word association segments as we were talking about the NBA. My word association for you tonight is NBA related, of course. Um, and I know we've done a list of NBA finals MVPs in the past, mm-hmm. but so I went back and the finals MVPs go back to the late sixties, I believe. Um, and I picked out guys I don't think we've ever talked about, or if we have, we don't talk, we haven't talked about too much. So it's not your LeBrons, your Giannis's, mm-hmm. your Dwayne Wade's. Tim Duncan's, Shaq, Michael, those types of guys. Still some really good players on here, of course. Paul Pierce. Oh, man. That's a that's a good one already. Um, the truth. The truth, yes. Yeah, stabbed multiple times back in 2000. After his rookie year, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and he had a yeah. great rookie year. They didn't know if he was going to make it, and he ended up didn't having a Hall of Fame career. Um, he was a fantastic basketball player. That was a terrible athlete. <laughs> have have you seen video of him in the high school dunk contest? He's six foot seven, couldn't land simple dunks. Like he he had zero lift off the floor. He was just a really good basketball player. Yeah, and you know he was one. I almost said was one of the last superstars to play for only one team, but he didn't only play for one because yeah, him and Garnett went to, to Brooklyn. Yeah, went to Brooklyn. <laughs> and then, forgettable. Yeah, Pierce ended his career with the Wizards. I couldn't have told you that. Yeah, wow. was, I think his final year is with the Wizards. Just so rare to see an athlete, a good athlete, play for one team anymore. Mm. Tony Parker. Oh, man. Um, did you know oh, he was a finals MVP? I did not know that. I mean, the Spurs won a bunch, so uh-huh. I assume they took turns, him, Ginobili, and uh, – I don't think Ginobili ever won one. I don't think Ginobili would have won one as a sixth man. Uh, Parker, one of the best, probably two or three point guards of his generation, I would say. Um I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame. I think he just he was still playing in 2019. He played I for assume, the Hornets. Yeah, I assume he'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, just a perfect point guard for those teams, too. Smart, didn't turn it over, great passer. Popovich loved him. Um, so Remember when his brother played at Northwestern under Carmody? Yeah, he was not very good. No, he wasn't. Chauncey Billups. Billups. Is he a head coach now? The Blazers, yes. That's right. Um Good. I mean, he was a good point guard. Played at Colorado, I believe, mm-hmm. and started his career with Denver. Yeah, and then he went back to Denver was, late in his career. Yes, was then traded to uh, Detroit Pistons. I mean, that that was a fun Pistons team. They were uh, good. I know you you hated them. They were good though. They <laughs> were good. Reasons. But uh, yeah, they they were kind of the team that won with defense. I mean, they had good players. Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Bills was good. Rasheed Wallace. Uh, but you had yeah. Ben Wallace, who was grabbing every single rebound, blocking shots. Uh, that was a really defensive-oriented team, and I've actually watched 
like game six of the NBA finals that year. And the final score was like 80 to 77 or something like that, which you, you will never see that again. Um, especially in the NBA finals, they beat that first run superstar or dream super team of the Lakers, Shaq, yep. Kobe, and then the late, late stages in their careers, Gary Payton and Carmelo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another piston here, Joe Dumars. Ooh, Joe Dumars. He has been an exec for the Pistons for a long time, hasn't he? And he was, he was in the WNBA too for a while. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a front office or coach. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he was kind of their scorer, wasn't he? Or was he more of a defensive guy? I he was really a more defensive guy. Remember him playing, but he was there he was with Isaiah and yeah. Dennis Rodman and Bill Lambeer. And John Sally. The, the very hated. The bad Detroit. boys. The bad yeah. boys. Bad boys. James Worthy. Yeah, he uh, he was uh, man. That was a good North Carolina team, wasn't it? With him and Jordan and Sam Perkins. Yeah, and Sam Perkins. Yeah. He was a Hall of Fame, but he was a, a long time NBA vet. He played yeah, into his forties. Yeah, uh, James Worthy, man, he was good. Perfect goggles, goggles, man. Perfect, perfect guy for the Lakers too to add with Magic and Kareem, and then you had AC Green and um, good teams. Moses Malone, rest in peace. I believe he was the first. High school player to be taken in the NBA draft. I think you're correct on that. Um, and I think he went number one overall or pretty close to it. Uh, Hall of Famer. He was an absolute beast. And he's kind of underrated too, but he was a walking double-double. Cedric Maxwell, of all the Celtics championships, he was the only real not big name to win mm-hmm. the finals MVP. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard the name before. I don't know anything about him. Uh, was, was he there with like Bill Russell and – no, he was um, there with Bird and in, in the late oh, 80s. He's there with he Bird. won this okay. one in 81, I believe. Ah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't remember him at all. Yeah. Dennis Johnson. DJ. He uh he was a Celtic as well. Uh he, he won he this one on the Sonics. Really? Yeah. He was, I mean, he was uh he was Bird's point guard there for a year. I'll never forget when he passed away on the sidelines of a D-League game uh probably 10 years ago now. Uh, that was really sad, but he was a good point guard. Three more for you here. Bill Walton. Oh, <laughs> you got to love Bill Walton, the quotable Bill Walton. Uh, I hope he does uh, or I hope he does college basketball games forever on ESPN. Um, the late night the, Pac-12 games. Yeah, the uh, he is the definition of hippie. He, he, he loves his grateful dad. He's a deadhead, as they call him. Um, live, lived in his Winnebago one summer there in the woods in Portland. <laughs> He's a character. Rick Barry. Um, I remember he had a son playing in college basketball just a few years ago for Florida yeah. Cannon, I believe his name was. Yeah, because um, his, his two older sons, there's a big age difference there, Joe and Brent, and then that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge, huge age difference. Uh, there have been many stories of Rick Barry not being a very nice guy. Yes. Uh, so. Yes. Did, did he shoot free throws granny style? Or am I, I just – I think he was the one that did. Um, okay. I, I don't know if he shot him full time that yeah, way, but at uh, least did at one point for yeah, that sounds one, right. one reason or another. Lastly on the list, Willis Reed. Willis Reed was he, he was he the guy that came back to the Knicks on that broken ankle or whatever it yep. was? Uh, yep. Yeah, Nick fans always like to talk about that. ESPN likes to talk about that. The, oh uh, yes, East, they do. The East Coast bias is very real there on that network. East and West Coast bias. Well, I mean, the New York teams haven't won anything in so long. None of them. 
I mean, that's why if the Rangers get past the Hurricanes tonight to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, shoo. Is there a, a uh, Canadian team left? Yeah, there's um, the Edmonton Oilers are facing the Avalanche. Which, if they win, they would be the first Canadian team to make it to the finals? Or have there been ones in the There's finals? been plenty, but the last Canadian won. team to win is the 93 Montreal Canadiens. It's crazy. 93. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, uh, no, they've had teams get there. but Because it looked like, because uh, they played against Calgary last round, and Calgary was the favorites going in there, but... Huh. Because Calgary is good at defense all year long, but the way they tried to defend uh, McDavid, who's one of the best players in the league, probably top five, top ten player in NHL, and then the Oilers have another really good young player that name is escaping me. The way they tried to defend those guys, I don't know what they were what they were thinking. So they got whooped. Hmm. So I don't know if I could name you more than five NHL players. Do it, Sidney Sidney Crosby still playing? Yep. Alexander Ovechkin. Yep. Uh, PK Subban. Yeah. Um. Is Patrick Kane still playing? Yeah. Is that four? Yeah. Um. Austin Matthews. Is that a guy? He probably is. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I besides the Avalanche, I couldn't name you too many, but you could have went with Jonathan yeah. Taves still playing. Is um, he still playing? Yeah, he's still here. playing. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many young guys now too in the yeah. league, of course. Well, the, but Nate, Nate McKinnon. Is, is Nate McKinnon's on, on the Avalanche. Kale McCarr is a young guy. Gabriel Landeskog. I, know, I could McKinnon go. It yeah. wasn't for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Because McKinnon against McDavid is going to be the big matchup to watch in the Eastern Conference Finals and it's the Avalanche's first trip to the Eastern Conference Finals since 2002. If they happen wow. to get past Edmonton, it'll be their first Stanley Cup Finals appearance since 01 when they, when they, when they won. So hmm. it's been a while. Been, been a, a while. while. But that uh, NBA Word Association segment is brought to you by Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they have over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. Do you want to be educated here before we talk some baseball? I always need educated, J-Man. You do need some educatedness to you. <laughs> Education. There you go. Education. On this, a lot of Preakness and Belmont stakes here um, in Indy 500. Um, on this day in 1922, the Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals traded outfielders between morning and afternoon games of the doubleheader. <laughs> uh, Max Flack goes to St. Louis. Cliff, Cliff Heathcote goes to Chicago. Both gets get hits for their new clubs in the nightcap. It's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, that, I can't um, see that happening today. No, no. Cubs did designate someone for assignment in between their uh, doubleheaders today after the first one, uh, Robert Giselman, who was horrendous. Um, on the stand, 1927, uh, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, maybe the greatest pitcher of all time, Walter Johnson recorded his 110th and final shutout of his career, which is the most in MLB history. That will um, never be touched. I mean, there's many records in baseball that will never be touched, and that is one that 
I don't know if we'll see guys record 10 in a career anymore the way it's going. Yeah, that's uh, uh that's definitely not giving up was, a lot of runs. Wow. Yeah, different <laughs> different day. Um on this day in 1935, Jim Bibbon retired Babe Ruth on a infield ground ball in the Babe's final MLB at bat. Uh, Babe Ruth played just one inning in Boston uh, for the Boston. I believe he's with the Boston Braves then to end his career. On this day in 1937, who won the PGA Championship men's golf? 37? Mm-hmm. Sam Snead? Denny Shoot. Mm-hmm. Defeats Judd Jug McSpaden in 30, 37 holes. Never heard of either one of those gentlemen. No, me either. Um, lot I'm learning. I'm learning. That's what this segment is yes, about. You are. That is what this is all about. Yeah. Um, man, a lot of Indy 500. A lot yeah, of Indy 500. Sure. Um, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. Um, um, I'm not even in the 60s yet. Uh, who won the 1961 Indianapolis 500? Um, it's a it's a legendary. Yeah, guy that oh, I've I know, I know, but that's the problem because when I think of legendary indie drivers, I think of a few right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with Andretti. AJ Foyt. Nah, see, I think of the Foyts. Oh. Think of the Andrettis. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of Andrettis at least. On this date in 1964, AJ Foyt won the Indianapolis 500, but the race is primarily remembered for the fiery seven-car accident resulting in deaths of Addie Sachs and Dave McDonald. It was the last race won by a front-engine roadster. I'm definitely learning things tonight. Yeah, I, uh, (laughs) I don't know what that really means. Uh, who won the 1968? Well, the, the Indy cars, Josh, their engines are in the back. Gotcha. So that, yeah. that was the last one with the one in the front. Right. Makes yep. sense. Who won the 1968 Indy 500? Let's go with Andretti. Bobby Unser. <laughs> there's uh, another name. There's the third yep. name, The third family. Yeah. Who won in 69? Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to let you tell me. I'm not even taking guesses anymore. Mario Andretti. Of course. <laughs> he led for 116 laps. to. It's end, pretty good. Uh, win that one um this is in one that i've never heard of before 1970 tigers hall of fame outfielder al Kaline collides with another player and swallowed his tongue oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh that's that disgusting um on this day in 1983, American League President Lee McPhail suspended Yankees owner George Steinbrenner for one week for his public criticism of umpires. <laughs> I'd be suspended for entire seasons if I <laughs> if I was an owner. Yes, you would. <laughs> um, on this day in 1986, Barry Bonds made his MLB debut for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pretty good player. Yeah. Steroids or not, pretty good player. Very good. Um, oh, I'll never forget this. Uh, 1996, have you ever seen this video where Albert Bell used his forearm to break up a double play and nearly broke Brewer second baseman Fernando Vina's nose? No, but Albert Bell was a scary, scary um, man. You you should go look it up. Like He lowers his shoulder into him, and Vina almost does a complete flip. 
around. It was insane. He was huge. He looked like a linebacker. I saw one the um, other day. He was playing for the Orioles, and he got beaned, and he didn't want to take the base. He was trying to say he wasn't hit. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And he literally wasn't going to go, and then, the yeah, he eventually <laughs> went. But then a lot of people had to come out of the dugout and kind yep. of cool him down. Last one here. Who won the 2021 Indianapolis 500? Uh, last year was Elio uh, Castroneves. Yes, his fourth it was. Time. Fourth, fourth time. time. Yep. He set a new record for fastest running of the race with an average speed of 190 miles an hour. Yeah, he won, uh, I think it was, I might get my ears confused off the top of my head. I know he won last year, 09, and then he won back-to-back, I think it was 01 and 02. Hmm. I think we're the years he won. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few ones that I've heard of. Uh, Who won yesterday? I completely forgot about it, to be honest. Yesterday, Marcus Erickson won. He won on a yellow yellow finish. The caution came out. It was after there was a red flag. Four laps to go. Uh, Jimmy Johnson crashed and created the red flag to come out, so it stopped the race for a little bit. And he wasn't winning at that time. And then he got a good jump on the restart and took the lead with four laps to go and never looked back. Because Helio, you were talking about Helio, he uh, he made his way clear from twenty seventh to twenty seventh to seventh, but then uh, some late caution stopped that, so he uh, didn't end up finishing that's, that well. That's got to be frustrating. Oh, there was sure. a lot of guys that were close and uh, yeah, just didn't just didn't get it done. Um, and you know it's crazy. Like when you think about the IRL, the Indy Racing League. I mean, it's it's created off of one race and one track. Huh. You know, Indy yeah. 500 is the mecca, but the whole organization in the league's created just off that one race. So I couldn't name you one other Indy car race. Well, is there's there any, they, like, really they, big ones. They start. Uh, they do a lot of like road courses. It seems like, but Texas has a big one. Iowa's got one. Um, they do one in the St. Petersburg. That's the start of the season every year. But a lot of times, Indy is in the race name. Mm. So, um, let me. I'm gonna go look at their schedule real quick, um, just just to see where all they they race at. Um, let's see here. Um, like. Uh, this upcoming weekend, it'll be on the USA Network. That's the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Mm. And then they're, they'll be in Ohio on July 3rd, the Indy or Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Then they're in Toronto on July 17th. A lot of these I don't know by the, just the names. Um, yeah, their season ends in September. So, mm. yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yep. So, but that is the on this day segment, which is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide a hundred percent hand cut custom designs to fit your needs from signs of the growth charts. Their custom pieces make a great addition to any home office or man cave. To see some of their recently completed projects, visit them on Instagram or Facebook at Mooney Woodcrafts. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. I got a new design to show all the viewers here on the ISC Sports Network, as well as the Tan and J-Man Show Facebook page, ISC Sports Network Twitter and Twitch channels. And here's one he made. Ooh, uh, let cool. me get this banner down so we can see it a little better. Yeah, it's uh, Sadie and Cade Kreider, I believe, established. 
2022s. Cool. Pretty neat little piece. But like I said, that he is. can do he can do anything. He can do personal pieces like that. He can do uh, sports teams. Uh, he can do signs like uh, we've had him uh, make a Tan and J-Man show sign, which I will hold up to the camera right here. You've seen on camera. So, yeah, very talented. Super cool. Get your orders in. Get some wood craft stuff. <laughs> Get your wood signs. Um, <laughs> Uh, baseball talk here. The Chicago Cubs have had at least a two-run lead in each of their last nine games. And they are yeah. four and five in those games. <laughs> yeah, not so uh, not so hot there um, on the north side. <laughs> their bullpen's really good, too. That's the interesting thing. So the starters have been blowing it here recently. Um, offense has been putrid for the most part. Um, they lost by 15 runs to the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> over the week. Um, let me list off. So they played a four game series in Cincinnati. Uh, let me list off the paid attendance for each of those four games here. Monday night, the paid attendance was just over 12,000. Tuesday night, it was 14,000. Wednesday night, it was 11,000. And Thursday afternoon, it was 13,000. So was that Cincinnati you said? It was in Cincinnati. Yeah, you'll never you'll never see an attendance that low at Wrigley. Where, sure. where are they gonna go? Um, no, yeah, where are they gonna where go? Are they gonna go? Uh, I saw their president came out and apologized for a statement. I don't said care. Was, it's still coming out on been, a t-shirt <laughs> on our store. He's been very humbled by their start this year. Well, what did they think was gonna happen when they traded away every single player that was worth anything? Maybe I'll get that done this week. Be on the lookout at Tan and J Man Show Store.com <laughs> for a new release. Go? Where are they gonna go? <laughs> Um, but yeah, Cubs are not playing very good baseball here. Um, hey, they did beat the White Sox. They did beat times. the White Sox once. Oh, it was they only once. I thought it was twice. Yeah, they they blew a. Uh, Were they up four one the other night? Did they choke that away? No, they won that, that one. one. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, they lost yesterday in twelve innings. Um, they had a one run lead going into the ninth and blew it. They had a two run lead going into the eleventh or going into the tenth and blew it. They had a one-run lead going into the eleventh and blew it, and then had a they didn't score in the twelfth, and the White Sox did score. Um, the Manfred Man, as we call him from uh, second base. White Sox fans can't be happy right now either. No, they're not happy. Um, White I mean, Sox Tanner are is because that's one of his bold predictions. The White Sox not making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, White Sox are sitting here at just twenty-three and twenty-three. They've had a lot of injury issues. Not hitting the ball. Uh, they cannot hit right-handed pitching. They have one of the worst records in baseball against right-handed starters. Um, I'm going to go look up their splits real quick to see uh, what the record is against right-handed starters. But it's it's not good at all. Uh, they mash lefties, but they keep having injury issues. Their run differential right now, the Cubs are plus 42 on the White Sox in run differential. That's how bad the Sox have been. Sox have been awfully lucky because they're Pythagorean. Uh, win-loss record should be 18 and 28. Like, that's what their uh, run differential tells them their record should be. Uh, yet they're sitting here at 500. Um, they have not played good baseball. They're only hitting 228 against right-handed pitching this year, uh, 281 on base, 340 slugging. Uh, been much better against lefties, as I said. Um, they have not been hitting the ball well at home. They've only been hitting 218 at home. Eloy Jimenez being out for a few months hurts. Tim Anderson – Strained his groin yesterday. He'll be out for a few weeks. Um, things are not going well there 
um, on the south side, yet they're still only five games back. Uh, the Twins, it's pretty, it's a pretty easy division, uh, not very good division. So I think ultimately by the end of the year, the White Sox will probably be right up there um, and win it again. But yeah, they have not played good baseball. And I know the fans are not having fun right now uh, watching them struggle because this was supposed to be a year they were supposed to make a ton of noise. Um, it just hasn't happened so far. Not too many um, Midwest back, fan bases are having a good time, really. No, Cubs are nine games under 500. Reds are 15 under 500. Um, the Brewers are good. Cardinals are good. That kind of helps them. But, uh, yeah, Tigers Cleveland's think. terrible. Detroit's terrible. Kansas City's Kansas terrible. terrible. Um, yeah, Minnesota's the only – Minnesota, Milwaukee, and St. Louis are the only Midwestern teams that I would say are any mm-hmm. – any good. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to the Cubs, uh, some good things that have happened. Marcus Stroman and his two starts since coming back from the COVID list uh, went really well. And they gave up two runs and five innings to the Reds and then threw seven shutout yesterday against the White Sox. He's just a joy to watch pitch. He is the best defensive pitcher I've ever seen, in my opinion. I mean, he's won multiple Better gold gloves already. Um Maddox won, I think, 15 straight gold gloves. Yeah. So I don't know if he's better, but he's he's so much more athletic than Maddox. Okay, ever was. that's fair. That's um, fair. Stroman plays defense from the pitcher's position like a shortstop. It is <laughs> it is really impressive to see. I mean, I've had a really good time watching him uh, play baseball. A few other things for the Cubs that have gone well. Not many things have gone well. <laughs> uh, Nico Nico Horner's been fantastic. He's sitting close to 300, uh, playing a really good shortstop. Um, Ian Happ has had a really good start to the year. He's striking out less than he ever has before. He's walking a ton still. Uh, Wilson Contreras has been good. Uh, Seiya Suzuki has really struggled here recently. He only has – he has not hit a homer since the first week of the season. And now he has a sprained um, finger where he just got put on the injured list today. Um, a couple other guys got put on the injured list. Jonathan VR got put on the injured list because he was using a workout band and it slipped and came and smacked him in the mouth. Yeah, that hurt. And they said he has to have significant dental work. So I don't know what happened, but he could be out a while um, with that. Messed um, up his teeth. Yeah. Uh, one of their best prospects, Christopher Morrell, has been arguably their best player since he's coming up. And I'm, I hope he stays up. I'm really nervous Jason Hayward's going to come back and they're going to send Morrell down. Because uh, Morrell is clearly probably their top three or four best players. 22 years old, hitting 293. He's been their leadoff guy here recently, and he's been getting on base a ton. 396 on base percentage. Uh, hits the ball super hard. Plays everywhere. He's made starts at third base, shortstop, second base, center field. Uh, fast, athletic. Um, he's been he's been really fun to watch so far on a roster that's just not does not have good young talent now. You have a bunch of career minor leaguers that are um, getting shots, and it's just not been fun for me to watch the Rafael Ortegas and Frank Schwindels of the world. Um, but the Cubs also called up one of their top outfield prospects today, Nelson Velasquez, who has torn up uh, the past two years. He's kind of struggling in AAA since he got uh, promoted in May, but he was the Arizona Fall League MVP this year. Ton of power. He'll strike out a bunch, uh, walks a decent amount. So he's kind of a three true outcomes uh, type of guy, but uh, he'll be up for – I don't know how long he'll be up. He might be up until Hayward comes back or uh, Suzuki comes back. But at the very least, we're getting guys, uh, legitimate prospects called up that we can actually watch instead of these minor leaguers, as, I'm, as I've been saying. Because this uh, this team is not good. It's been 
just a miserable stretch of baseball here since really the second week of the year. I think that they started out six and four. I'm like, you know, they're not, they're not too bad so far, but it's just been, it's just been an absolute tank job (laughs) since then. Um, And Jed Hoyer refuses to call it a rebuild, but that's exactly what it is. It's a rebuild. I mean, come August 1st, you'll see, be seeing guys like Wilson Contreras probably traded Ian Happ traded. Um, Kyle Hendricks might be traded, although he's been terrible this year. Marcus Stroman might even be traded at this point. Drew Smiley's probably gone. Wade Miley, who's hurt right now, will probably be gone. David Robertson gone. Michael Gibbons gone. Uh, Chris Martin gone. Um, so we'll be seeing a much different team in July, and they're going to be terrible. Um, so might as well get the number one overall pick. Uh, but another really good thing of note here, Keegan Thompson has been the most valuable pitcher according to war in the national league so far, he has a 1.58 ERA, he's five and oh, um, been a great multi-inning reliever. He's been great in his spot starts. Uh, so that's just something that's been fun to watch. Um, on a team that's not been fun to watch so far, but, uh, Elsewhere around baseball, Yankees are still winning. They're 33-15. and 15. Yeah, they uh, uh, took two of four from Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa's on the road. You'll take, them now. Yeah, you'll take yeah. 50. They struggle down there, um, usually. Yeah, and T- Tampa Bay's hanging around four and a half back. Toronto's hanging around five and a half back. Boston's mm-hmm. gotten hot, but they're still 10 games behind the Yankees right now, so they'll be in interesting case come the uh, trade deadline. Houston's starting to run away with the West a little bit. They're up three and a half games on the Angels. Um, Dodgers and Padres are head and shoulders above everyone else in the NL West. Mets uh, are way ahead of everybody in the uh, East. Yes. Yeah, Mets are eight and a half up already in that division. Yep. It's the largest division lead in baseball over the Braves. Um, everything's kind of coming together for the Mets so far. They're getting good pitching. Um, signing Max Scherzer has been huge for them. Obviously, Max is one of the greatest pitchers of this He's generation. banged up, isn't he? Um, and he, he's, he's a little banged up, but uh, yeah. I mean, they're fighting through see it, what so. he's doing this year yeah he's on the injured list right now yeah. he's made eight starts 2.54 era trade for chris bassett from oakland he has a 3.66 era taiwan walker's been good for him other uh, bullpen's been fantastic edwin diaz has had one of his best starts to the year since he's been with the mets um so they're they're a good team unfortunately i do not like the new york mets um, Me they're second in the national league in batting average on base percentage they're third in the national league in on base plus slugging, Pete Alonso's had a great start to the year. Uh, Jeff McNeil's been great. Francisco Lindor's been good. Brandon Nemo, uh, who's one of my players I want the Cubs to target uh, this offseason, is a 386 on base. He's been good. So, unfortunately, the Mets are looking like they're going to be a pretty good uh, ball club this year. Hopefully they and, fall uh, apart ho- in October. Ho- yeah, ho- hopefully they fall apart towards the end of the year, too, because that's always fun to see the yeah. Met fan freak out. <laughs> yes there but uh yeah cubs uh have nine games in seven days this week they have four against the brewers five against the st louis cardinals uh so this will be the j man's book at prediction of the week i don't think they win more than two of them i really don't i think they go two and seven at the most and i think tonight's one of their best shots to get one um because it's just gonna even at home cubs have been really good on the road this year, I think I've said it the past few weeks, but they're sitting here at uh, 12 and 12 on the road. I mean, that's solid. You'll take that any day of the week, but they're 7 and 15 at home. Not good. Um, so for whatever reason, the uh, friendly confines have not been too friendly to them. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the Cubs win more than two games this week. 
Uh, J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, business, renters, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. This episode is also brought to you by The Dam Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-bread tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Dam Landing is the place to be. Dam Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Marital, focusing on freshness and quality. You can wash down their delicious food with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Marital and their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be boats or wheels, the Dam Landing is a place to be located at 1305 Union Road in Rochester. Yes, and they are looking for some more summer help. So if you're out there and interested in yep. looking for a job, um, get a hold of them on Facebook. I am sure it was packed this weekend. I'm sure a lot of yes. people have their boats in now, um, driving up to the docks there. So it's always a fun time when that uh, gets packed, especially yep. Saturdays afternoon and into the night. It's fun. Hit me with that birdie or bogey, J-Man. The birdie bogey question, as I said, is pretty straightforward this week. What player has the most receiving touchdowns among players on active NFL rosters right now? Well, this is scary because I got three names written down. Active roster. Mm -hmm. Because I had four, and I crossed one out because he's not active roster, and that was Rob Gronkowski. Mm. Mike Evans. You got yourself a birdie. Woo! Yep. You got All right. A birdie. He has 75. You want to take a stab at the other three guys that well, are. Uh, the other two I had written down here. I just had two more Julio Jones and Keenan Allen. Julio Jones is not in the top four, and neither is Keenan Allen. Oh, who, who are the others? Um, we got Devontae Adams with 75. Oh, okay. Mike, Mike uh, Evans has 75. Okay. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams, 73. A.J. Green, 68. Oh, I forgot about A.J. And DeAndre Hopkins, 68. Oh, I forgot um, about some of those guys. Julio has, I think, 62 because I looked him up. So I'm like, I'm for sure it's got to be Julio. Why is it Mike Evans? But, yeah, he doesn't have that many. Tanner's in the lead again. Yep, you Back are. Four over par. You're rolling. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I need to catch back up with you next week. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Evans has been super consistent over his career. Um, yeah, you don't you don't hear about him a ton either. Do now more that Brady yeah. plays down there. Definitely more that now that Brady plays down there. But uh, yeah. Uh, any other notes here? We got about a minute left. Nope. I think I think we're already off TV. So I think, I think we can. Uh, I think we can wrap it up. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. Hope everyone had a fantastic Memorial Day. We'll be back at it next Monday with episode 290. Have a fantastic weekend, buddy.